Hello beautiful people, thank you so much as always for clicking on the podcast and this episode of Joe Blogs About Films. This is part two of the revisit of The Return of the King, joined by my good friend Nat McCartney-Williams. Honestly, we loved doing this revisit and I had such a hard time before because um, we spoke for hours, even on the last couple that we did for The Fellowship and The Two Towers, we were talking for like three, nearly four hours and having to cut that down was such a difficult task but... I felt that with Return of the King, there's so much that happens, even obviously when we're discussing the extended cut, that it'd be a bit of a disservice and injustice if I was to cut out everything or try to cut out as much as I could to, you know, get it down to a uh, consumable uh, time length. So that being said, it's been split into two. I really hope you've enjoyed part one. I really hope you enjoy part two. Anyways, I'm waffling on. Let's cut straight back to it. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Gotta love it. I want to jump back to the three amigos, Aragorn, Legolas, and Gimli, Let's do it. Um, because these also have a very good story in this uh, uh, in in this final act, and and mm-hmm. and you know they arrive at the stop at Dunharrow uh, before battle, and it's mentioned like that the horses are all restless and that <laughs> all the men are quiet. To which you know AMA explains that the horse has grown nervous at the shadow of the mountain, and you know, he tells that anyone who's ever journeyed that road never returned, and that the mountain is evil, and we get our first glimpse of the dead that waits for them. And it's super yeah. eerie as well. And I love the design of that, like, cliff of the, the well, the, you know, the, the setup that they're at where you've got the black rock behind them and then there's, like, that cut in the middle of a pathway. It's like, yes. it's almost like as well what Jackson uses. It's a bit like a trolley dolly shot upwards when when it is revealed. And it's very effective. But again, yeah. um, I, I, I really really like what's to follow, which, interestingly enough, Peter Jackson is not a fan of. Yeah, yeah, a lot of my notes around this were around, like like you said, things that, like, the way that it's all of that build-up again, and and from this point, it's about the build-up of the, um, the, the, the forces of good building yes. up, like, their army, and, you know, having Rohan's Miega 6000, you know, mm. that uh, Theoden's slightly disappointed in, which, you know, I can understand. You want to have as many people there as you can to, to ensure you've got good fighting chances, yeah. Um, but then there's um, some linking back to um, like Gandalf's talk to Aragorn, where they're discussing, like you say, about like um, the sort of like building in more of that understanding of like that this area is actually quite dangerous, and yeah. you know, it's not a, a place where people rest and settle very easily. And, no, of course, and it, yeah. it links it links back to. Um, Gandalf saying that you must take a different course, you know, and it's yeah. like it's it's almost like Aragorn is like starting to understand more that like riding out with the Rohirrim isn't going to be the best bet. Yeah, and then this leads into um, obviously the the reveal of like a shadowy figure on a poor horse has to go up that really narrow path yeah. like in the mountain face. Like, good grief. That yeah. horse, maybe that's what petrifies the horses. Do you have to go up that thing <laughs> so far? Yeah. Like, well, it just be- seems mad. Before we get to, obviously, a little bit further as well with, with, with what's to come for Aragorn and, and, mm-hmm. and, and Legolas and Gimli, we get that moment with Elrond when he obviously presents Aragorn with his yes. sword as well. And there's like... There's obviously like the whole of Middle Earth that's at stake, but also now for Aragorn, uh, you know, Arwen's fate lies in the balance of whatever is to come, you know, because we understand that as, as Sauron gets stronger, she gets weaker, and that's ultimately what's causing her death. So now Aragorn's got even more reason 
to fight as well as fulfill the pro- the prophecy to become king. It's it's well yeah. worked in the middle of this, obviously, and I do love that reveal when he like brings out the sword. It's all like glorious, and and you know, I just again adding extra uh, of like a, a dilemma, not a dilemma, mm. but an extra purpose for Aragorn as well to succeed. Yeah, like I mean, I my note on that is like, hmm, seems a bit far fetched, even <laughs> even even for a fantasy film. <laughs> but um, but actually, the way that you maybe that was just me. Maybe I was in a a Monday cynical mood. But like the way that you've just kind of mentioned it, actually, no, it makes it does make sense actually because if Sauron prevails, Aragorn will not be king. Yeah. Therefore, there's a a high chance that he will die. Therefore. Mm-hmm. Arwen is not going to survive. So I guess like in that sort of circumstance, you've actually turned my my cynical Monday mind around and go, yeah, actually it makes perfect sense. Happy to oblige, yeah. good sir. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um yeah, I absolutely love it. Like why why was Elrond being so shady though? Uh, yeah, why, like what he, he always does it though. It's <laughs> like at the end when they turn up for his coronation, it's like what you do who are you hiding behind that cloth, mate? What are you doing? Like <laughs> yeah, it's so true. He loves but, a, he's just a good showman, that's all he is. He's like, yeah. pick a card any card. He just loves a reveal. Yeah, he just Lo- loves, loves it. the reveal. Yeah. Um but it's true and you know like the way he sort of talks about like you know Arundel flame of the west you know it's like it's such a a strong moment and you know I know I've already said about like you know in the book it's about Aragon you know very much wanting to be the king anyway but in this like I feel like this is the pivotal point where Aragon is like starting to believe in himself a bit yeah. more that you know and especially somebody that's like nurtured him and watched him grow you know like end of the day aragon lived in rivendell from the the time where he was you know he, like if I, I was i was listening to this like on a um i have an, um a brilliant like youtube channel called like nerd of the rings or oh, nice. uh, broken sword or something like that yeah the other day and it was all about like sort of like Aragorn's journey or it was something about the differences between Aragorn in the book and in the films and they mentioned the fact of that like Rivendell like through the the ages was actually the 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 place where um the the next ruler of Gondor would actually go and be brought up and be you know taught about the world and nurtured to being like that so you know, for Elrond, he's it's almost like he's allowing for Aragorn to, you know, he's like supporting Aragorn in this moment. He's like, yeah. no, come on, like, you know, this was a, tra- you know, this is a tradition that's gone on for for a- the ages and whatnot. But for you now, this is a pivotal point. And like you yeah. said before, it's not just about him becoming king; it's about his daughter not dying because yeah. of the circumstances. Um, so yeah. Um, and then one of my other sort of um, like notes was about how Aragorn just awakes ready to slay with that dagger, <laughs> and that poor that poor Rohirrim like captain's like um, uh, Theoden is waiting for you, sire. It's just like you know he's there in bed with the dagger. It's like it's all right. You don't have to be at her forever on. You know. You know. <laughs> On edge, um, like waiting for waiting to strike. But um, it must be it must be deflating as well for the army because obviously following all of this and when Aragorn and Co leave and head into that mountain, can you imagine like stood there with the army and being like the best our best fighters and leaders yeah. have just buggered off on Absolutely. the eve on the eve of battle? But as Theoden says, they must do this. Like 
it, it, it's it's something that has to be done. Like every, everyone's got their part to play in this whole mm. battle for Middle Earth. This is just another side step, you know, side mission or whatever that yeah. will ultimately come back. They they will fight with us again. It's just whether they've got to fulfill that purpose as well. But I do find it like again credit to to Jackson's direction. But it's so creepy the build up to the trio getting to the entrance. You know, Legolas. Yeah narrating and explaining what's happened and who they're searching for and like mm-hmm, I will, mm-hmm. there are there are some camera shots in this but it makes me feel like it's a really early 2000s music video you know like <laughs> swooshing of like legless in like mist and stuff like from like a lower looking up at him like going it just something about it just screams like new metal and uh, yeah. I, it just it just did but you know you get you get to the entrance you got the whole the way is shut it was made by those who are yeah. dead and the dead keep it in until the time comes, the way is shut. And I love Aragorn's line in response to just before they enter, he's like, I yeah. fear no death. Like, yeah. but this always reminds me of the game, the Return of the King video game, which we could do a yes. podcast on that separately, and I don't want to get too sidetracked. But no, I loved, I absolutely loved this mission on the game. Like, I yeah. loved it. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. And as you already kind of, like, mentioned ever so slightly before, all of these, this particular storyline... Um, Jackson supposedly hated it, but then wanted to keep it in for the diehard fans. And to be yep. honest, I completely disagree. Like, you know, it's it's a piv- once again, it's another pivotal sort of like part to the story because let's face it, Sauron's like forces just on like numbers, it wouldn't have mattered if like Legolas, Aragorn, and Gimli went with. Um, Aemir and Theoden and the rest of the Rohirrim and rode out into battle from there mm-hmm. because they would have been completely outnumbered. They needed to have a force that could not die <laughs> in yeah. order to like help balance the scales. And end of the day, it's also in the book, you know, like why would you like it could be seen as far fetched, you know, like having ghosts, but then again, it's the world of like Lord of the Rings, fantasy. where, yeah, where the uh, Barrow Whites, like in the Barrow Downs in the Fellowship, yeah. that are like essential, you know, like Tolkien always kind of, as we'll get to, like, there's a very like important like line that comes up from Gandalf very shortly, but you know, like the the world of like what is seen as like say the Wraith world, you know, where the Ring Wraiths are in. Um, where they're not like technically part of our physical world, they're still intertwined, they still yeah. interact. So it's completely plausible that these like cursed men would still be able to fight, even though their spirits are uh, like you know, they're, they're not physical, they're still mm. like they're just dead and their spirits. Like, so yeah, I completely disagree that like Jackson wanted to get rid of it because yeah. it would have just been. Like, well, how can you explain how, like, the the forces of good overcome such a, a mass army that is, like, being, a you know, where it's got an attack coming from all angles? Yeah. You, you just, there'd be no justifi- justification for it. It would have become uh, a massive plot hole, like, within the film. But I think as well with this, with the, with the, the, the army of the dead and such as well, is that... Nor did we get some great moments in this, um, which we'll try and cover all now while we're speaking about them. But I also yeah. think that it's a good um, a good idea or, or you know showcasing what kind of king 
Aragorn's going to be, you know, in in the sense that if you fight with me, I will release you from, you know, this this curse and such or whatever it is that he says. Yeah. And like, because there's loads of people online. Obviously, I know that we'll probably well we won't well we won't give it too much time a day. But the whole people said about oh why don't they just use the eagles from the get go this and the other. It's like yeah. there's, there's the same argument apparently for why they didn't just use the army of the dead more when it came to the final battle. But yeah they only needed them for these more. And like I say, regardless of all of that, Aragorn releasing them when he does. So I, again, it just shows you that like, he is a man of his word. At the end of the day, he is going to be a, a really good, so a really true. good King. Uh, and even, even when he does that, Gandalf bows to that decision, like knowing like, yep, yeah, that's the right call, mate. Like you, that's exactly what, um, what you should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like, yeah, you've hit the nail on the head with Aragorn as a leader. You know, he's a man true to his word and it's it was important for him to ensure that, like, you know, that he wasn't going to potentially um, be dishonest. Yeah. You know, because it's not in his nature. So, yeah, completely agree with you, man. There's a few uh, badass moments here. There's the um, there's a moment where Aragorn, uh, when you know, when the King of the Dead goes to strike mm. and he blocks him with the sword, and like I instantly, as soon as I, I was rewatching it, obviously it came out two thousand three and such, but rewatching it, I was like, "Yep, I can see where Game of Thrones took that idea to inspire that Jon Snow moment in season seven, the Hard Home episode with the White Walkers, yes. when he like blocks off and it's all like Valerian steel or whatever, and you're like, oh my yes, god, like yes. yeah, like it, that." That's a side note, obviously, but I did feel that it was a similar looking sequence. But again, you know, in, inspire, you know, inspiration from from Lord of the Rings. I'm I'm not going to be too disheartened by because they're both epic moments. Mm. But I did really love that particular moment uh, between Aragorn and and the King. But I also really like the introduction of the army coming into battle when Aragorn and you know the the tells the. Uh, the the men on the boat that you can't you can't pass any further and they're like you are what army he says this one and then that shot yeah like, like comes through yeah. out of nowhere it just looks absolutely incredible uh, I don't know if you've got any particular other favorite moments with uh, the um, the army of the dead and such so I mean yeah I've got quite a few <laughs> um, so just like going back to what you were saying about like the the scenery and everything it looks so bleak you know yeah. when they're like riding through. Um, even just to go further back as well, though, like just to sort of help with the build up. Yeah. Um, Miranda Otto's heartbreak when Aragorn's leaving. Oh like, right, yeah. Oh of my course, god, yeah. like Eowyn, like you know, she's like once again. I know we we say it every single time with like all these actors, but they they're just so genuine with the with the performances, and yeah, you know, she feels like like really like this this is not the right man for me because he's not going to ride into battle in the way that yeah. like you know the the rest of us are going to and you know and then he's very much like no like sorry but i i am in love with someone else find someone else like in, in not in not so many words um and it's like you see a crushed which i thought was really good um, you know, just like just brilliant portrayal. But then, like you said, with the three hunters reuniting and going off like on their own sort of side quest. What I um once again, I was, you know, zoning in really particularly on like a lot of like the sort of mechanics of the of the actual film. And what I noticed as well is that Howard Shaw uses a quieter fellowship like sort of um 
like you know the um, oh god the duh, 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 but it's like softer it's yeah. like it's more like drawn out as they're leaving and it but it's like underneath like other bits of like score so it's like it's like sort of like hidden and i thought that is so perfect because it like it matches how these guys are like facing like um you know, like a mammoth task of like yeah. asking this army of the dead to to come to their aid. So it's yeah. like you know that their like presence is so small against like the almost like impending task in front of them. <laughs> um, and then I, you know, what I've noticed as well is that Legolas is used as almost like the the law bringer in like yeah. all of this. You know, like from the books and like the understanding of the area, which I thought is great because. It's actually in. I think in the books, it's more like a blend of him and Aragorn discussing it yeah. all. Um, once again, listeners, if I'm wrong, please like correct me. Um, and then throughout this entire like Army of the Dead segment, Gimli is just oh, he's fantastic comedy genius yeah. from the like <laughs> the bit when just... he's like blowing the mist away and stuff <laughs> as it's trying yeah, to grab him. It's just it's just fantastic. Yeah, yeah excellent, excellent. Even. Even about the line about going in there is like brilliant. Like yeah. a, a dwarf dares not go where an elf does. Yes. Oh, it's just like, <laughs> like oh, just brilliant, just so good. Um, and then yeah, like he is just brilliant all the way through. And then interesting bit of like, um, what's the word of trivia? Trivia. Thank you. Um, the Skullvalanche, as I called it, which we see like as they're like trying oh, to like, jump through. This, this was a very good sequence. So that was that's that's all real, pretty much. Like you love know, it. obviously practical. Obviously, love it. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they didn't do it like you know with such a huge drop. Oh yeah, them. yeah, yeah. Um, that stuff CGI, but like you know the 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 sheer amount of skulls, like they were all created for it you know they were they're not cgi or anything like you know yeah. the, the sheer amount of them is all there because you know end of the day jackson wanted to get the right look and what i love as well is that um you know he like just as like a testament to his craft that like he was still filming little bits of like extended stuff within like the army of the dead side of things even when the Return of the King Extended Edition had won all those awards at the Academy <laughs> Awards, he was still free uh, filming for another three weeks. Just I, I for know the extended editions. He got he did a few sequences with like in his home as well, didn't he? I think with like Andy Serkis. Mm. If I'm right in thinking, maybe I think yeah, I Serkis think you're right. Yeah, but just what a what a commitment to the cause. You know what I mean? Like incredible yeah. stuff from Jackson. Just wanted to give like the the fans just more and more that yeah. he couldn't clearly he knew he couldn't give like within the theatrical editions. Yeah, um, I know you yeah, spoke I just about. Love it. I know you spoke about as well. Aaron earlier, obviously with the heartbreak and such, but obviously that heartbreak is another kind of motive and and drive for a character as well because she obviously you know rides off into battle, um, mm-hmm. you know, with the Ro- Roheim and um, you know taking Mary with her. But obviously, I know this is different from the books because in the books it was a big reveal, wasn't it? That that she was in the battle, like it was. Yes. Uh, when she takes off a helmet, you know, to to reveal herself, it was all like you know, 
it all been led to believe it wasn't her. Whereas yes. obviously they changed it in the film because they were like, well, of course, you know, and the like Mary and the audience are always aware that it's going to be her. And it'd be, I think they said something like that Mary would be like the stupidest hobbit on the earth yeah, if, if, he not, if he not recognised the kind of thing. So I, I think that that tweak is absolutely fine for some of those kind of changes. And, and again, I, I feel that the impact and the delivery of what what is to come later with that, I, I don't think it takes anything away from from that moment. But obviously, she, her, you know, her story again is continuing. She is going to ride into battle, and again, that is uh, just a terrific character that that you've got there. That's that's again wanting to fight for the cause, and yeah, yeah. It, it's really a really powerful moment for for, for her character because it's she's kind of she's gone through such a journey. You know what I mean? She's not mm-hmm, just. Mm-hmm. She's not just a princess, you know this and that. Like she is a she's a badass, like most of these characters that we come across in this universe are. So I did like that tweak and that change. Uh, I maybe could have saved that for a little bit later, but I thought while we're kind of tiptoeing well, around her, it makes sense really because that's when they do go off, isn't it? Well, yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. This is the part where they start to disembark, and yeah, you know, like Theoden goes back on his almost like acceptance of Merry being within the fight. And, yeah. you know, that maybe that's like, you know, AMR with his kind of like little jibes and whatnot that you see a little bit uh, before all this has like kind of got back to Theoden and he's like, you know what, actually, nobody has got the capacity on their horses. It's a three day ride and we've got to be able to fight afterwards well, uh, or something like that. I'm sure he yeah. says that like, you know, it's a, it's a long ride and maybe it's not three days. Oh, no, it is. So in the book, it is a three-day ride. But then yeah. I, I actually wrote about this, I think. Um, or maybe, did I? like? Because I know it that... It might like, be a bit further on. Because um, like oh, Jackson, yeah. uh, he, we, 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 when you were saying about like the journey and the scale of the, the actual landscape and stuff, like he purposefully, when making the films, he kind of shortened the distances between everything, didn't he? So that like audiences could like kind of feel... That things yeah. are quite close, like not not like they were next door to each other, but like I say, in terms of the scope, yes, it is massive, but it's like you can have those connections to things that are like just over there or just that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was again a decision that I think worked for the film's benefit, anyways. Yes, yeah, yeah, you're right. So bookwise, like they actually get support to get to Minas Tirith quicker by a primitive sort of like an ancient. Um, like sort of like race called the Woses okay. um, that are like, that are essentially within like the, the forest lands that sort of divide Rohan and Gondor from where they are. And one of the, it's once again, that sort of thing of where it's like, it's, I understand why they had to reduce down like a lot of the, the races that existed within um, like the Lord of the Rings, because otherwise it would have been like a, you know, like a, eight to ten hour kind of like saga but it was a bit of a shame to see that because once again this is like another set of people that are you know like they're so ancient like you know and they've they've got their own sort of like law and understanding of the world and they absolutely hate orcs and and whatnot so they were there immediately ready to help out anybody else like within the, the cause so it was a shame not to see them but yeah. hey ho um, <laughs> but like I, I agree with you like um, like I think it's also a smart move like you said about um, Eowyn and Merry knowing that they're yeah. together because it reads well in the book that like obviously she disguises herself as Dernhelm yeah. um, and that Merry also doesn't realise that this is 
Awin, you know, he just yeah. kind of accepts that this is a person that's, you know, like happy to take on looking after, not looking after him, but like, you know, letting him ride on their horse together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's a good translation, you know, where it's just like, no, let's keep it at that, that it's only her and Mary that know that they're together. That it's almost like um, the petulant, like twin, like, um, like siblings that are like trying to get out of the house and it's just like no we're going to go and watch that movie that's like yeah. you know an 18 only and we're only like 16 but like our parents won't know because we'll we'll back each other up we'll go <laughs> to a sleepover yeah, um, yeah that's exactly. how it feels and and it and it ties in really well with that that mischievousness of mary anyway because yeah. he's desperate to fight and desperate yeah. to show that he's there and he's not a burden and then Eowyn's like, well, I know that you're not. I know that you, you're going to hold your own, so let's go together. Yeah. It's, it's again, like a really, really strong moment for the two of them, really. And I think as well, it's like one one where you were the audience, you're kind of like fist pumping at the same time. She's like, yes, like these two are going to go off and mm. they're going to get their, their hands dirty as well because... I, I, I really, I'm curious of the time as well, but I, I really want to get to to more of like the action and the and the and the, and the battle sequences, and of course like Shelob. But obviously, before we get to any of that, I want to just talk. Obviously, come back to like Denethor and and, and yeah, what's yeah. going off there because obviously Faramir is injured him during the battle. Obviously, that he went off to, um, which was as you said, a bit of a waste of of, of men, really. Yeah. But like I I think Denethor here when he's putting on this like facade that he like cares about what's happened and that he's like adamant that like his son's dead and Pippin's like, dude, he, he just he just needs some medicine. <laughs> like we just just give him some medicine. It's like it, yeah. it's, but obviously not not to not to that effect. I'm obviously paraphrasing because Pippin's genuinely like look you know mortified that he genuinely thinks that he is dead. Yeah. Um, the the battle of you've got the battle of Gondor that's true the beginning and you've got Denethor too kind of wrapped up in this again mad uh, mad king should we say like kind of uh, phase of well my two sons are now dead um, and I don't think he just he just doesn't like ma- he doesn't grasp the magnitude of what is actually happening or or what's mm. to unfold um, and again like Denethor does throughout his entirety of, of the film really blames others for his mistake so yes when it comes to him being taken down and such it's just nice to see gandalf giving a few smacks you know with his staff <laughs> it's just yeah. great just a few whacks like yeah literally and you know it's an interesting thing that you mentioned about like it maybe looking as a bit of um as a facade in a way i wrote it down is that like you know this is where denethor's final strand of sanity just snaps yeah <laughs> you know uh, yeah, that, like is. actually yeah. I didn't want him to die, but now, like, you know, maybe I'm, you know, maybe he's not so well versed in like what somebody looks like when they're dead, or you know, maybe that's just like a, a sign of like his like comfortability away from like yeah. all of the action and the fighting that actually he doesn't know what a dead body actually looks like. Yeah, so, um, potentially you know, like, that actually. That yeah, point. yeah, yeah. It's a good, um, it's a good, it's so a then, good uh, view of that. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I just saw it as that. <clears> yeah, his sanity snaps. And then he's like, "Well, I've I've literally got no more sons. Like, what else do I actually have to live for?" Yeah. And then, like you say, when he when he looks down and he just sees like the army has arrived and he's done nothing to really prepare. Yeah. And like you say, and then he's like, "Flee for your lives." Yeah. It's just like, what are you on about? Yeah. Me? Like, where to? It's literally a a city carved into the mountainside. 
where have they got yeah. to go? <laughs> like they are like if they don't fight, they are literally like fish in a barrel to yeah. Sauron's forces. Absolutely. And like you said, Gandalf is like enough of this. Whack whack whack. Prepare for battle. Yeah, you know it's... and. It's it's this, brilliant. this whole thing as well, like, I love these battle sequences because, uh, like with that, like, we already kind of perfectly kind of gone over earlier. But Jackson gets them so well; like if he manages yeah. to get everything and everything in these shots, and like just as such a high level of entertainment. You know, you've got slingshotting these big rocks, the cameras following the rocks, and they're landing on the targets. You've got the sweeping shots as well, following again the Witch King flying around Gondor mm-hmm. and taking out the soldiers. Again, just adding that scope to the sequence, but. What I think I love more about this is kind of what I was harking on about earlier about Pippin and his journey because, again, it just shows you how far he's come when, you know, Gandalf's like, oh, there's no, this isn't a place for a hobbit. And yet yeah. Pippin's the one that ends up saving Gandalf from an orc in that, in that, in just a few seconds or a few moments later. It's a big character moment for him. And it's again showing that he's less afraid and as the film goes on he's able to be you know develop and and, and grow from that as well so I, I there's just so much from these sequences like i love films where the action it's one thing but you've got good characters in that action you know what i mean yeah absolutely you know like like you said this is the point now where there's just no return at all yeah. you've you've just got to fight through and hope for the best and you're so right you know there's so many things that um that peter jackson does and like everybody else like you know the writers as well just focus on like showing the real organized chaos of war yeah you know like that there's these elements like you said of like you know just flinging these huge like bits of debris at one another um like and then the fell beast attack. And I said that it almost felt like it was like the dog fights in like world war two films, you know, where you see yeah. like the, the plane sort of like, you know, like sort of like nose diving and then coming back up and, you know, like just causing even more chaos yeah. and everything. And one of my favorite parts in all of this is where the, the bit of like rubble from like Minas Tirith goes flying out and you see it going up into the air. You see exactly where it's about to go. And it cuts back to Gothmog. And he's just there, like, like almost like preparing himself. And then he just moves that little bit to the side. To the side, yeah. And you get that troll being like... <laughs> and, and then he just spits on it. And it's like, what what a badass. It yeah. doesn't even flinch no. at that. You know, and it's just like, it just shows like how... You know what a commander like i know it's like weird to praise like the evil side yeah. but very similar to lurts you know he is just one of those like authoritarian sort of commanders that is is do or die you know yeah. either he's going to be dead or you're going to be dead this is Gothmog, it you know and, and he, he's brilliant we do keep coming back and forth to obviously all this battle and such because in between this is again one of the one of the best sequences of the entire saga really which is the the sequence that involves shelob and and and, and the cave mm. obviously which is equally terrifying and, and as you'll know and i'm sure that many listeners know as well that peter jackson is an arachnophobic um yes he absolutely yeah doesn't like spiders and so he based a lot of the design from uh for shelob from spiders that he feared the most which i think i, I guess some kind of cathartic um or catharsism whatever uh, mm. within yeah. that you know what i mean like to be putting that together and such and and it'll work as well because if you're if you're not a fan of spiders having someone who also is not a fan of spiders create a 
giant, terrifyingly looking spider, it's going to tap into that. You know what I mean? So I, I think that Shelob's design obviously is is, is mm. very very effective. But again, not not just with the design, but the score is so dramatic and and horror. And I believe that. Jackson told Howard Shaw, didn't he, to, to pretty much take the score for a horror film because Howard Shaw's done work, he's done a fair few horror films. I think he did the score for The Fly. Yes, um, he did. That was one of his most prominent like bits of score. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And and he did, like, yeah, Jackson was like, score it like The Fly. Yeah. You know, that was like pretty much his direction. So Howard was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet he was like, this is great. This is going to be awesome because it, it works. It's, Literally. It's all, these, all these sequences because... We know that Gollum. This was his plan from the get go. Like it's worked. He's got. He's got. You know. The. The. You know. The, we've got the reveal, obviously, of Shelob, which is. Which is. Which is marvelous. Sorry, because, like, we hear her before we see her, and you just yes. follow Frodo as he's running through the tunnels, and in between this, mm. you've got not just that, but Sam falling from the rest of the steps to discover the remains of the food, obviously that that Gollum had thrown, yeah. proving that he obviously he was right, and then you've got Sam out for revenge, but. That reveal of Shelob is so good. Like when Frodo, you know, is holding the—is it pronounced—is it vial of Galadriel? Yeah, the vial. Fi- uh, vial. Th- yeah, yeah. So yeah, or the the light of Erendil. Yeah. Yeah. So when he when he yeah. obviously picks that up and then you shine the light and you can just see what looks like rock formations behind him turns into the, yeah. the face of Shelob. It's it's just it's just great. And then added that you've got Gollum teasing him as well. Like you can hear him just kind of in the tunnels and such. <laughs> I know. Just. Yeah. It's just so harsh, like it's so harsh, but it's such a great sequence. I absolutely, really, really like this, uh, this whole, this whole uh, Shelob, um, yeah, the Shelob moments. Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. Like with everything you've said, dude. Like, um, like Gollum, like you said, with the way that he's, you know, singing a nice little jaunty, yeah. sadistic like song to Frodo, and then he's like to be eaten. <laughs> it's like, it's like, wow. Okay, you're showing your true colors now, mate. Yeah, um, but. You're absolutely right as well. You know, like Frodo starts to realize that he's in a trap. Like as soon as, like, in his view, Smeagol just disappears and leaves him. Yeah. And I love that you have the the throwback to uh, the Fellowship. He gets like the light of Arendil, um, sorry, um, and like you know where he like collapses. Um, oh no, wait, sorry. It's when it's just when he hears Galadriel's voice, like. Reminding him, you know, of like, you know, it's there to use when all of the lights go out. Yeah. Um, and and I love that. I, I love stuff like that where they sort of throw back to like one of the previous films. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like the reveal of Shelob is terrifyingly good. Really um, good. It's so so good. And yeah, like definitely, like I, I think you're right. It is cath- uh, cathartic for um, for Jackson to almost like support and like encourage like Shelob to be so terrifying in the same way as like like maybe like the way that Batman, you know, is you know, his whole persona of bats is because it comes from his own terror of bats anyway yeah. from when he was a boy. So it's almost like that same kind of like mirroring in a way where yeah. it's like, right, well I'm scared of spiders, so I don't want them to look like cuddly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like they've got to, I I want to have people almost like feeling the same kind of terror that I feel from them. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like, um, like Shelob seems to be almost like um, a mixture of spiders, but I think the most prominent one that came through is definitely like, to me, she looks like a black widow. Yeah, she does. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like just with the, like the, the really sort of like 
oversized like back part of the body yeah. and whatnot and yeah just everything about her like is just like it really does like mess with like how you feel like when you just see like all the close-ups of like a her like just uh, yeah to, like, oh, God, just talking about yeah it. it's, it's it's as well because what i like about the sequence is that it all it doesn't all just take place in the cave obviously because they do get out of like a well they well they get to the what appears to be the exit before Shelob does sting mm. frodo but there's the moment as well between he and Gollum where obviously Gollum starts attacking him and it's yeah. like again the visual effects here for Gollum's face like when he realizes that frodo is in fact going to destroy the ring He's like a mixture of like, he's in shock and terrified of the thought. And it's like a kid throwing a temper tantrum when he starts to lunge at him again. And before like Frodo, Frodo throws him over the edge and you think that could be his demise, but this is Gollum at the end of the day. But I do think that again, <laughs> they managed to capture that, that, that real, um, yeah, like a kid's had his like toy taken off him or like a, yeah, a kid's lost his lollipop or something. Just really, really upset by it. Um, yeah. it it's just a great strong moment between the two of them. But it's then perfectly followed on when the score's cut out. After Gollum falls, the score is cut. And then it's just, you just like kind of, we can hear it ever so slightly when Shelob kind of kind of pops out again and just like kind of like hangs over Frodo before mm. stabbing him. That is so effective. And again, uh, just a, one of those moments where, again, if you didn't know the source material, you were like, well, what, what the hell is going to happen? Like, what, where do we go now? But obviously, yeah. Samwise Gamgee is. Uh, Always there with another fist pump moment, you know. Let him go, you yeah. filth! I just, I just <laughs> absolutely, I love Sam in this film. I love him in all the films. Yeah, but he, he's just, um, he, he genuinely, and again, performance from Sean Astin, who thinks that Frodo is actually dead. Um, it, it's like he's let him down. You know, it's crushing for Sam that essentially it looks yeah. like Frodo's gone. Yeah, absolutely. The way that um, Sam, or technically. Um, the way that like uh Peter Jackson's arm comes in with Sting as yes. like a, a slight yeah. cameo um you know for that moment is like is just so good like it just shows yet again that Sam even though he feels like he's been betrayed to some degree by Frodo that like after he's discovered the truth is like no I've got to get back up there he's in danger and then he sees that he's in danger and he is fearless. Like he's probably he's probably papping himself a little bit. Oh, 100%. I think, well, I, it wouldn't be, yeah. But but he, he's not gonna let it get to him like at all. And the fight between like him and Shelob is just so good. It's got the right amount of like of like terror from Shelob. Then, like, you know, those really good moments where, like, you know, he gets a good cut in or a good slash yeah. or slice, but then, like, almost, like, showing just how unlike skilled he is at being a warrior because then he gets, like, thrown about a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. And then, <laughs> and then just that brilliant stab into, like, her, her, like, back abdomen that, like, essentially gets it, like, her to, like, sort of quiver and then, like, disappear. Yeah. Oh man, it is just it's just like it is for me to say it's like almost like one on one in a way is like on par with like the rest of the fights that go on within this film. Yeah, it's very well worked so as well. It's, it's very well put together, and you got the, the choreograph of the fights and such is uh, especially for 
fighting what will be a CGI spider. I think it looks really yeah. good for for the actor's point anyway, for, for obviously Sean Astin to, to be able to yeah. get all that to look as good as it did. It really is effective. Um, it's just like I say, it's a shame that it's almost like to him it's come at... Uh, for that brief moment until the orcs come and take Frodo away, explaining that it's just paralysed, that Sam thinks yeah. he's obviously let him down. Um, yeah, it, but obviously it's, it all works out. And, and more on, on Sam and Frodo, because their journey is coming very close to, to the end, really, as are we, because we've got, like I said, the, 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 the remaining parts of the battle and getting destroyed the ring, which is which is due. But, you know, returning to Gondor as that, as that battle's all kicking off and there's this like night sequence as well which is really great um mm. and, like it's just how effective when you when you see like gondor like the people running around um trying to like evade being either well you know killed it kind of reminded me of like ants you know running around like an anthill like it's a yeah. really good overhead shot um and then you've got all this ongoing you've got denethor you know doing his business preparing his preparing to burn <laughs> his son alive still happening on about him being dead and Oh my god, it's such a pain yeah. in the ass. But again, it's 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 a really good strong moment. Again, Gandalf's entrance. This one is like stop this madness and charging yeah. in. It, it's so it's so powerful. Um, uh, but you know, Denethor ultimately finally kind of um, reached the only uh, resolution for his character, doesn't he? By uh, <laughs> yeah, falling a long way down on fire. <laughs> yeah, like um, I think somebody said like when they sort of looked at the. The sort of like the scale model that like you know that was used you know for all of the aerial shots and everything yeah. um that was created by Weta that like from where he is in like that the the pyre burning to where he falls down is like it's a good like solid 800 meters or so like almost <laughs> a kilometer in so he's got to run a very far way on fire like yeah. just to then fall down like that entire like rock face you know like like Denethor, like yeah, he he was many things, but to be able to run that far on fire is pretty badass, and it's a very good death. <laughs> oh, um, it's, it's it's a very memorable to, death, yeah, yeah. But just to return back to what you were saying about like you know like the siege and everything, um, you know, obviously even just going back to like the just the the slight end before we had to like change into disc two. Um, oh, yeah. you know, we get we get like the reveal of Grond, you know, like within the, the fight in because, you know, they're just like the archers are doing the right thing by just like the, the sheer body count that's like yeah. in front of like the the uh, the gates of um, Minas Tirith. And then they're like, we can't get through. Nothing's happening. And then Grond will breach it. And it's just like Grond, Grond, oh, Grond. Man, and then that's where like, that. yeah. And that's where obviously like the the disc one finishes yeah, on the yeah. reveal of Grond and oh, but then as you're absolutely right, you know, going into the night, we're still like you know in full swing of this siege, and you know, McKellen shows that utter terror in his face that when that when it's breached by Grond, and then the you know the the five or six like armored trolls with these massive like. Um, hammers coming through he literally looks genuinely terrified yeah like as in like because he's like no matter what comes through that door you will be ready and it's just like we're not ready <laughs> yeah no no like, one's ready all. for this it's like, yeah and i was just like oh it's just so good but then yeah just like you said that terror just constantly you know just coming through like yeah. throughout and then we get that wonderful scene with um 
where you've got the Witch King and Gandalf, like, and, yep. you know, Witch King, like, breaks the staff. Doesn't happen in the books, but hey-ho. Um, <laughs> because I, I always find this really interesting. And uh, once again, like the loser I am, watched another video about, like, did Sauron and, like, were all the Maya uh, aware of each other? So, like, you know, all of the wizards and, like, Gandalf, well, sorry, and Sauron, were they all aware of each other when they were in, like, um, Middle Earth? And, you know, somebody was saying that, like, the way that they, the longer that they stay in Middle Earth, the their memories of where they were originally, like, in Valinor, is almost like a very, like, deep and... Um, almost like a subconscious dream feel, yeah. Uh, which I found, which I found was really interesting because, like, you know, like end of the day, like if they were in Valinor, Gandalf, Saruman, Sauron are all Maiar. You know, they were created by the the Valar and Aru Luvatar, so they are essentially like the same kind of level of being. Mm. But yet, in this moment, you see the Witch King almost like almost like dominating like over Gandalf and it's like if Gandalf remembered like just how powerful he was and what kind of being he is you know it would be like he'd be like why am I scared of you like I, I can just destroy you like that but like obviously because he doesn't have those memories and that understanding of his own like power mm. like to to the extent of that he had before coming to Middle Earth like you know, like seeing the Witch King like there, he's he's scared as well. You know, in the same yeah. way that Pippin is, um, and like, I absolutely love that they kept the flaming sword in because it is in the books, yeah. and it's it's such a beautiful thing. And it's just like, look at my power, and it's like <laughs> just there, like just flaming up, and it's ah, oh, it's so so good. And then it's so short lived because then we have the wonderful arrival of the Rohirrim. I was gonna say this is um this is a good moment as well because I I, I love the like reaction and close ups of the faces that, that everyone has once they hear that horn blowing. Um and it also shows like yeah. the reality of war as well when Merry and Eowyn first see the army that they're about to face, like they're scared, but they have to be brave for their friends. And it just gives me goosebumps yeah. when just before obviously they well, at the charge as well, but when everyone's like chanting back and then accompanied by Howard Howard Shaw's score once again, it really is epic. And and then it's just mm. the the way that like the horses are obviously in the action are just mowing down so many orcs. And then quick shout as well to Carl Urban's crazed face as well while he's charging oh, at the spear in hand. Like yeah. I, again, we were saying about people's craft and the effort and the energy that people put into this. Like this was clearly meant so much. I, I don't think I've most of the performers in this, I don't think I probably will ever see any of them do as much a better performance as what they're doing in in all of these Lord of the Rings films. But mm. Return of the King in particular, there's a lot of emotion in there. But again, great facial <laughs> expression there from Carl Urban. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, it. one of my, like, this is, like, for me in this film, the most famous and most favourite part for me, I would mm. say, because... We have Theoden's speech and yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's not exactly like words of like you know, he, he's being really honest with them. He's like, you know, this is for death. Yeah. Like we are we're probably not gonna come back from this, but you know what? We're gonna give it our all. And yeah. he's he is just oh, like Bernard Hill, like in this moment, is just 
insanely good. It really is, yeah. And like, even though he's talking so bleakly, it is still so ridiculously uplifting. And then as soon as like, you know, all of those like horns blow off and then the music kicks in with the, the steady charge, it makes me well up every time. It honestly every yeah, time. Absolutely that, that emotional collection, that goosebumps and so as I say earlier, it is such a great moment. Obviously, we get another one of those a little bit later as well. But this one in particular, mm. I just remember sat there again rewatching it, it's been like, Jesus Christ, like this is so um just glorious. Like it's just a, yeah. a very, very well put together scene. But I really love uh, we've already spoke about Eowyn and and this and that, but I love that she's the one that takes down the Witch King in this moment as well, like in this yeah. scene, it's like, it's so badass after she's, after, you know, the reveal said no man can can stop me, it's like I am no man before Yeah, giving it one, like it's again, another great moment for the audience, it is such a obviously, but then obviously by doing that, she she's kind of like injured and such obviously of the kind of explosion or whatever of, of the Witch King being defeated and I kind of just love that in between all of this, you've got Aragorn and everyone like chopping people down to then he eventually mm. like unknowingly like saves their life. Is that like uh, the, the 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 orc? I forgot his name that you mentioned trying to put. Oh, uh, Gothmog, yes, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Just like he's just about to strike, and then Aragorn just like comes in <laughs> off off like off screen and just like just chops him down. It's uh, it's really great. And, and and on top of this, we also get as like we did in the two towers, we get a, the great moments between Gimli and uh, and and Legolas as they're counting down the enemies, like as they're each one getting a kill. Obviously, yeah. we know the famous one of the elephant being taken down. <laughs> oh, Gimli. It's still it? only counts as one. Yes, that's the one. Absolutely. The one. But yeah, like, um, yeah, just to sort of go back ever so slightly, um, you've mentioned it before that, like, you know, that the way that, like, Howard Shaw, like, is just as much as a craftsman as everybody else within the film where, you know, like, the score always just, like, really leans into like the power of like whatever's going on on set mm-hmm. and like what's on screen and the way he then also chooses to cut out away from the the music as well and he does this like twice here in very different ways so like after the charge is like building and everything you've got the orcs pooing themselves because they know that like there's nothing stopping the rahiram at all they mm-hmm. are just going to go straight into it it cuts out, but then it, it comes back in fairly quickly. And it's almost like the way that the score like comes back in very quickly to then carry on, it almost it feels like that it's um it's encouraging the Rahirim just to continue slaying through this like yeah. mass wall of um orcs. And it helps with like building up the hope, you know, that the the tide is turning just from the Rahirim being there. Yeah, definitely. But then enter the Haradrim on the Muma kill, and it's like literally like the the assault of evil is just non-stop. Yeah. So then they all have to realign themselves. They all have to get back in, you know, for the these like huge elephants that are just about to like wreak havoc. Yeah. And then this time when the score crescendos and then and cuts out it the the actual cut off of music and it just is all like the the brilliant mixing of like that chaos of war lasts so long yeah compared to that last one and it feels like it's showing the dread of evil here like yeah. the way that like it just continues and like the ever sort of like 
stomping of the Mumikil, just like taking out so many Rahirim. It's just it great. goes on for so long, and it it almost like it, it, it like I don't know if it's like I, I know it's intentional from Howard Shaw, but like for the audience, it makes us feel like it's not going as well as we thought. Yeah, if that makes sense. I think as um, well, like we spoke about the scope and stuff uh, a lot on this, and and this uh, this is probably the biggest for me in terms of like the battle and such because we're getting to see under the elephants and such yeah. as the riders and this and that, like all of that, you know, the, the sheer weight of them, like pulling them, just like flinging these people uh, and other soldiers just here, there, and yeah. as you say, everything is so well um, and intricately placed on screen for us to really be like, Jesus Christ, these are like, I've already given the comparison of ants and such, but these are really small in comparison to these giants just stomping about. Like, and yeah. as you say, you just get that feeling that, it seems like it's going all right, but this is again another setback, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it really is a setback. But yet again, like the Rohirrim are clearly just so pumped up on adrenaline that it's like, you know what? Like, we're not going to let it phase us. We, we will take them down, even if it's yeah. till the last one. You yeah. know, like the way that, like, Aemir, like, like you say, battle launches that, like, spear. At the um the right the the rider of the Muma kill and then he like you know falls down and then he takes out like two in succession. Yeah, it's like it's so intricate, but it looks so realistic yeah. and it's insane. And then you've got Eowyn absolutely like slicing and dicing through like all of these like orcs, and then she's about to get messed up by one, and then Merry comes in and like gives it his all. You know, like yeah. nobody is like. Nobody is not pulling their weight no, to like to not. like take away like you know the the numbers from Sauron. Yeah, and then not. and then just to sort of like break away from there, we get this really really tender scene between um, Gandalf and Pippin, and you know we we had this conversation when we were talking about um, you know when we we're just talking about particular things that we saw like before recording and everything, but watching this scene when I was a kid was like, you know, it was like, I couldn't really understand it much, but I appreciated what Gandalf was doing. You know, he was wanting to instill hope for Pippin. Yeah. But then, um, as you know, like with my dad passing away, um, when Gandalf is talking about how death is not a, is not the end and that it's just another path that we all must take watching it this time, made me absolutely break down because it was this particular um like quote from Gandalf that allowed me to almost have more peace with my dad passing away because these as we talk about and say so oftenly that like we we hold these films so dear in our hearts for many different reasons but this was one that like me and my dad you know, really cared about, like, you know, we, we both had so much love and passion for anything Lord of the Rings, really. So, you know, like he, hearing these words again from, you know, such a stellar performance from from Ian McKellen was just like, it just really hit home. Mm. And it was just, it was a, it just made the, the scene be completely different. You yeah. know, it just added a completely different meaning to it all, which, you know, I think is 
you know, yet again, just another testament to just how powerful these films are, you know, and the way that we relate to them. Yeah, it's the beauty of cinema, isn't it? It's these connections and such, which, you know, I I think that I've I've spoken before as well about this podcast wouldn't have happened really without my old man and and the uh, similarities and and things that we both enjoyed being film and TV and such. So it's like, it's just that, like say that the, when something that you love so much says something that has great significance, it I think that it, it it just adds that more personal touch to it. Like we we've loved them as you say, you've loved them all your life and such. You've viewed them, watched them, this and that. But some things can um, yeah really really change your um, view or or understanding of, of of certain lines and such within the film. It's um, it's it's again it's a very bittersweet and uh, uh, melancholy um i would i would say as well yeah i'd i'd again i can only speak from my personal feelings towards sure, it as well sure. but i do and I, I absolutely get what you're saying as well um because it is a very very good quote from gandalf it's a very very powerful one um and yeah, yeah I, I think it, it, it again it it's how i view it as well like we spoke about it before as well about like with, with what we'll probably come to towards the end of the, the podcast and the film itself with the with the undying lands and such but that's mm. how i view a, a lot of things but um no thank you for for just sharing that personal um moment there very briefly well it's i think it's important to um talk openly about these things and but also you know, get real for a moment with your listeners yeah. and and show that, like, you know, we're not just two nerds just forever always, uh, you know, f- finding the humour even in the darkest of times. Um, yeah. You know, that, like, you know, we, we'll, 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 we'll bear ourselves a little bit for them. Yeah. You know, they, they deserve that, you know, these yeah, wonderful absolutely, listeners yeah. of yours. No, it's... Um, however, <laughs> <laughs> then we see Theoden get absolutely messed up by the Witch King. Yeah. Out of nowhere, like I was watching it, and like when when I watch the theatrical version, I always know when exactly it's coming up. But the way that it's cut, and the way that it kind of moves to it in this, it is it comes. It feels like it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. But like you know, they they seem sort of like you know coming into you know some form of like um it, like you know into closeness, like you know f- flying over. But then all of a sudden, like, you know, the, the poor horse is just flung about like it's a bit of like, you know, like, I don't know, like a chew toy, uh, which then takes Theoden as well. And and then Eowyn has to come to the rescue, like you've said, you know, already with absolutely just, you know, this like section with the Witch King and his morning star that is overly compensating for like, you know, his like, why did it need to be that big? But then again, <laughs> that's just Jackson. He was like, it needs to be bigger. It's too small. Yeah. No, it needs to be grotesque at how big this morning star is. And then we get what we see on on the scene, and it's just it is it's absolutely mental. Like who who the hell could fling that thing around other than the <laughs> Witch King? Exactly. And yeah, it's just absolute. It's just yet again just another like, um, what's that word? It's another like tension build of like our like some of our like great heroes actually going to be able to survive this yeah because you know like yeah eowyn absolutely decapitates like the fell beast and gets him off his like off the back and and whatnot but then the witch king's ready to slay you know there's just there's no two ways about it that witch king is going to be making sure that they're both dead yeah um 
very touching yeah. moment, isn't it, between the two of them once um, Theoden does does pass between, and obviously him and Eowyn share that moment, obviously of yeah watching him go. It's a, a very poignant one, but again, something that um, just builds Eowyn's character again, and obviously sets her up for the the final act, if you will. But it's um, yeah yeah very strong, but it's sad to see such a. A, a great character and you know actor in these films, you know, um, he, he, he goes out in 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 good glory though. You know what I mean? It's just it's, he does. It's always sad when when one of the one of the big big mains go, isn't it? Yeah, he does. And the the way that he goes, like it starts off so tender and like you know, but like clearly like that with the throwback to the two towers, you know, after the curse is broken, and then he he sees like Awen and he's like. I know your face. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so, it's tough to watch actually, because, you know, you know, he's not going to make it. No. Like, it, yeah. you know that this is unfortunately the end for him. And I actually say that, that this is the hardest death to watch because he, you know, like in his own right, like Theoden has gone through his own turmoil and his own trauma and has, you know, been salvaged and then, you know, come back in force and been such a leader and then he has to leave because of like mm. just what happens to him and you know like oh like just the way he like just says Eowyn <laughs> and yeah. then goes like it's so abrupt and it's just such a like it's like he's almost like wanting to say something to her that's a bit more like you know, like important, but then it's taken from her, and yeah. then it's like, and then the shock of him going just like settles in, and you know, just absolutely crushes, you know, Eowyn. And oh, yeah, it is so tough to watch, really, yeah. really tough to watch. Well, we are now really entering like the final stage of this journey because I, I, I want to cut, uh, I want to jump to obviously more to do with Frodo and Sam because obviously the, the, this part of the battle is 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 essentially. Draws to a close, but we're building up to obviously what's to come with the final sure. final last hurdle. So obviously, I, I'm just going to quickly gloss over like the fact, obviously, that the orcs do have hold of, um, of Frodo and and Sam goes and goes and gets him back. But the what a badass! What a yeah, badass. Like, that's just, all I'll no, say about that. Yeah, no fear whatsoever. Yeah, he, no. he obviously is such and a that's badass. That's for my old gaffer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like. <laughs> I I absolutely adore the moment where they get out of the tower that they're in and they're heading obviously mm-hmm. towards the the gates of Mordor and Sam mentions they they're pausing for a moment because obviously they're, they're lacking of energy Frodo's like on you know, death's door to, to be frank and like he says there's there's sky and stars behind the smoke of Mordor yes. above and like the color is gorgeous and I, I and the cinematography here as well one of my favorite shots of the entire uh, the entire saga is where Frodo's like unconscious just lying um and Sam's just kind of sat next to him as like the camera's like tracking back in this wide frame it's honestly one of my favorite shots of the uh, of the saga there's nothing really yeah. much more to it other than it's just these two hobbits surrounded by ash and 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 smoke and yes. everything just having like a moment is so it's like a rarity almost but like we know that Frodo's endured so much on the journey as to as Sam let's, let's not be frank like Sam's had his fair share of like shit handed to him but like yeah we get that lovely moment when he starts to talk about the Shire and the beautiful score again coming in from Howard Shaw like the Shire theme just taking the audience back to that feel of what the Shire was um even when surrounded as I say by ash and fire 
Um, mm. It's just mm. it's just really like it just gets you like in those those like you know those emotions there, especially with the build up of Sam then proclaiming, "Come on, Mister Frodo, I can't carry it for you, but I can I can I, I can carry you." Yeah. Oh my god, it's so incredible and so emotional. But it's all built and it's all worked so well due to not not only the performances, but I think well, obviously undoubtedly the score from Howard Shaw. It's it's just uh, the, 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 that whole sequence there was just so so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And oh, sorry, I almost just knocked over my microphone. Um, but you're absolutely right. And I think I actually, yeah, I did. Yeah. So one of the things I absolutely loved, and you've just touched upon it as well is that um like i don't know how they do it but they they have such stunning shots of like of the the landscape of mordor and to say that feels like an oxymoron it's almost yeah. like how can you say that somewhere so bleak and terrible looks so stunning <laughs> it, it does um, though like it, but it's it, true it's really good it is really good like i said the the, the whole the, the wide shots or whatever that they get and, and the landscape shots that we see of it 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 is like a, a, a weirdly beautiful kind of horribleness. I don't know how else to kind of describe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just it's just ash, dirt, and destruction. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but it is like I think that the the whole mood and the and the aesthetics and the lighting of it. You know, you've got Sauron's eye, which is constantly watching. You've got that orange mm, tinge mm. and stuff like. It all screams like danger, doesn't it? Everything screams danger here. Like we, we know we're in the final steps, but that glow and, like I said, the, the fire feeling—it just you—you you really just want them to succeed. And it, it, it obviously it's it's almost like everything's hanging on these moments. And you've got Gollum bloody popping up again to cause carnage. <laughs> one last one last attempt. Because like I do wish in some way that Sam was the. I know again with source material this and that, but like. Like I, I was hoping in a way that Sam would be the one to take him out. I, I know that Gollum's demise is just kind of the perfect way without jumping ahead too far for his character. Mm. You know, like mm. he he dies alongside the one thing that he loved the most. But yeah. I think because of the build up and the tension between Sam and Gollum in particular, in that moment, you wouldn't have been too surprised if it was Sam to have put him down in the brawl outside the entrance. Oh God, yeah. Like uh, you know, just. Like you say, the way he just kind of like skulks out, like you know, whilst they're catching a bit of a breath, like after going yeah. up the, the the mountainside, and you know they are just there, like just on the outskirts of the um of like the entrance into Mount yeah. Doom, <clears throat> and then like you know it's like ah oh, for God's sake, Gollum, just let them get on with just like the task in hand, off. <laughs> and he just starts immediately fighting them both. But oh my God, like um at this point, this is when uh. If I remember correctly, like Siobhan had just come back from work. Um, oh, was she? I can't remember now, actually. Oh, no, no, it was um, Siobhan had been uh, playing on Sims and she'd, you know, keep on glancing over and like looking every so often. But at this point, she looks over and she sees, um, at the same time as I do, obviously, where Sam <laughs> lobs that rock up. Oh, it's a great shot. Head. That is exactly what Siobhan said. Like, just she was like, "Great shot." I was just like, "I know, right?" <laughs> it's <laughs> it just, brilliant. It is really, really so good. good. But like, I, I, I want obviously we'll come because obviously it keeps fleeting between here and yeah, Black Gates course, and stuff. But yeah. we'll just stick with Gollum and, and Co here for a second. But like, you know, we get in after this brawl. We get into the entrance, and again, we're harking back to that fellowship of Isildur not being able to 
to throw the ring to destroy it and it, I, I believe yeah. that again this is to do with like the ring almost cut it's, it, it stops itself from being destroyed like if you, you it's all right you get in there but once you get into the to the to the fires of mount doom this is like it's almost like an indestructible ring like the like for example the only way that ring actually ends up being destroyed is because of the brawl again between frodo and gollum like if that hadn't have happened there is more than likely the, the the probability, I should say, that the ring would never have been destroyed. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with you because, you know, as, as we get from like Sam, he's like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, destroy just, it. Destroy it. Just get rid of it, man. Like, we're here. Like, you know, after all this time, we're finally here. Get rid of it. And then he's like, no, ring is yeah. mine. <laughs> It's like it's like when you play a Monopoly and you just get sick. You just like, th- like throw the table yeah. up in the air. Like, what are you doing? But it's the only Literally. time I've ever like been like, thank God for Gollum, because obviously he pops up, gets his gnashes round his uh, round his old finger, chomps that bad boy off, oh, which is yeah, like no. proper harsh. Like even again, well worked because it's it's not grotesque, but it's at the same time you're there like kissing your finger afterwards, being like, I'm so happy you're still with me, mate. Um, <laughs> But like it, it's just everything just doesn't seem to go into plan, obviously. But ultimately, it does work out. And and I know that we're gonna have to jump back to the battle in a second because there's some yeah, good moments here we'll again. Do but that. you know, ultimately, the 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 tussle between Gollum and Frodo, it's like I think in this moment as well, like Frodo's prepared to kill himself because they they both tumble over the edge. And yeah. there's obviously that moment again when obviously as Frodo's clutching on, where he does kind of look down and before Sam says like, "Don't you dare let go." It's like he's thinking, like, "I've given everything. I've given my." my soul, my body, everything. I am physically done. Like, yeah. no one again would blame Frodo for just letting go. But, like we keep saying about these flashbacks to the Fellowship and to previous films, the way that they that Frodo grabs Sam's hand is exactly the same shot, same, well, obviously different, obviously different vice versa of how yeah. Frodo saved Sam from drowning in the Fellowship. It's yes. such a great callback. Absolutely. You know, like, a few of my notes around this particular section, you know, is just, you know, you, you've you've covered so much of it. But, like, you know, obviously, like, the hope begins to fade as soon as, like, Frodo's like, the ring is mine. Yeah. And then you've got Gollum coming in to, like, get, to get, like, you know, just to knock Sam out, you know, with the rock. Um, And it immediately, like, just as a slight tangent, but it, it starts to mirror how like the forces of evil are starting to overtake the the men of the west yeah. like over at the black gate yeah. you know things are not going well over there and it just yeah. it's that wonderful parallel of like you know doom is like you know close slowly closing the gap but then you're right you know gollum gets his fix finally after you know, like that that sheer like happiness on his face when he's looking yeah. up through the ring. Such a beautiful Great shot, shot because yeah. it, it it once again, like you said about like the way that Sam and Frodo like grab hands, that's almost like looking back to like when the ring's falling down, like in uh the um in the uh, the Prance Prance and Pony, Pony, yeah. where the ring like almost goes on his finger. Well yeah. like, it goes on his finger. It's like it's like same kind of shot of like seeing the ring just so high up. Um, and then, yeah, what I what I found once again that was really interesting is that when they are having the brawl so close to the end, you hear Sauron's voice. Like, oh dear. You know, like yeah, he's like he's reincanting. As far as I'm aware, I'd have to re-listen to it, but I could just hear like that 
you know, like the real it's like sort of like hushed yeah, sort of like, like incantation. Kind of yeah. yeah. Um so I think he was like, you know, it was like, you know, the incantation of like the ring, you know, yeah. like, you know, the the poem and everything. Kind of backs and... up the thing as well, the claim of that the ring would not be destroyed. You know what I mean? Like, if you get mm. there, it, it, you will be stopped. Like, you will just turn around and you'll just yeah. take the ring with Sauron you. Sauron is just, yeah, like his spirit is so poured into that ring yeah. that it will talk you out of it. Yeah. And it will be like, no, you're not going to. Like, yeah. you can't do it. Go mm. home with me. Exactly. Nice little, I'm a nice little trinket. <laughs> Pass it um, on to your relatives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, like you said, you know, with the tussle, like Gollum's more happy that he's got the ring and is almost like not even aware that he's falling. He's like, no, no. And I, and I found like, you know, just to sort of like hark back to like, you know, when we're saying with um, Circus's preparation for um, Gollum that he like, you know, he focused on cats and heroin addicts. It made me feel like that same kind of like pull that you get with Ewan McGregor in Train Spotting when he takes mm. heroin for the first time and he gets lifted up, very similar to like yeah. Aaron Paul as well, oh, like in Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. Yeah, yeah. But like yeah. the other way around, you know, he's so out of it that he doesn't even realize that he's plunging into, like, he's about to plunge into like lava and die. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's just there completely, like, he is at complete peace because he's got the ring. Um, and then there we have it. The the ring is there. It's touching its maker. Like, you know, the lava that it was there, like, forged in. And it beams up, like, you know, like, the New York City skyline. You know, it's just like, vroom. The, the inscription lights up beautifully. And then it starts to melt away. And, oh, my God, it, that melting is beautiful. Yeah. Why they didn't use the same kind of, like, melting, like, you know, situation or like, you know, like effects for the uh, the golden statue that melts and like, you know, wobbles and covers uh, smog in like uh, the desolation of smog film. Like what happened? I they, they, you know, they managed to make a ring melt beautifully, but yet they can't make like, you know, just fully formed like gold liquid like yeah. sort of just fall apart in the same way it may, it looked so animated it yeah. didn't look like it was real gold like the, the at best, all the less said about anyway those hobbit films there, <laughs> anyway. let's be honest but yeah but like obviously for sam and frodo mm. the job is done yeah obviously they're not out of the woods just yet but no. the job is done and i think it's a good point for us to maybe like switch back to oh 100%. Like, the other guys yeah the black the ba- the, yeah the black gates like it's yeah um there's again. I know this is in the extended sequence, but obviously we get a, a great sequence with the mouth of Sauron here, and there's some right gnashing yeah. on him, like bloody hell. But yeah, so like, just... <laughs> like him taunting the death of Frodo, like only just you know sparks like the best response from Aragorn, which is just he sees through the lies and just chops his head off, and I absolutely love it. It's just a boss. Like it just shows you that like Aragorn is most definitely a king and a leader. You know, like as much as he didn't want to be at first, yeah. that rally cry to the army is everything that a leader would do. Like he is ful- fulfilling the prophecy and then some. Um, and I absolutely love all of these sequences, um, to, to like the build up to it. And I, I, if anyone says that they didn't shed a tear when he utters that line for Frodo, like they're like, liars. like yeah, yeah. Like it's liars. absolutely glorious. And I've already, we, we keep speaking about scale and scope and this and that, but this is just another one. Like you get the feeling that you're like, this is the final part of this story. Like everything has been leading to this moment. Like, 
Yeah. The eagles pop up as well. Obviously, they're trying to help our heroes in the battle. Um, yeah. But it's all... Um, it's just excellent. And I, I understand as well that originally, uh, Aragorn, the fight that he has with the troll that pops up mm-hmm, was going to mm-hmm. be um, like the body spirit... Uh, spirit. Well, basically, it was going to be Sauron. The body of Sauron was going to be fighting yeah. him. And apparently, you can watch this on YouTube, but I've not seen this. Yeah, yeah, it's on there, and it's on. As far as I'm aware, I could be wrong because I haven't watched the like all of the the sort of like um, bonus material discs and everything. Yeah, uh, which get called the appendices, like with oh the yeah, DVD. It's I've I'm sure, it, yeah. I am sure that it's in there as well. But yeah, Probably, there's yeah. there's footage of Aragorn fighting a Sauron, I... and the reason why they got rid of it was one, it's not accurate to the book at all. No, and two. Also, within like you know Jackson's adaptation world of mm. Middle Earth, it also doesn't make sense because they've spent so long saying that like he is just in spirit, like yeah. within Baradur. So it's like, why would he then choose this pivotal moment without the ring, mm. where which he like gets half of all of his power from to then show himself? It makes no sense. Yeah. So I'm glad. I'm glad that they made yeah. that change. I don't think it needed to to be there anyways i think that what we got is fine because again it just like you were saying earlier it's just showcasing again that it it's all again it, it's backs against the wall kind of thing like it's it is the last the last line of defense really and i think that aragon kind of not meeting his his match because it's just a troll at the end of the day it's just it's him versus said troll um it's pretty one-on-one a, yeah it's a it's a big one-on-one moment and i, I just think that it's one of those again moments of this is like uh, it could it could go it could go south basically if this ring isn't destroyed, all of this could be for nothing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, just to sort of like even double back just a, a ever so tiny bit, just because I think there's some really like prominent points that you know like show things that are either not within the the theatrical, but they they add just you know even more to it so like Mm. obviously we have the council of aragorn where they're discussing what their actually next step is to do because they they've got to help even if they're not sure it's a case of that like sam and frodo are all right but the diversion has to happen yeah to make sure that they've got every chance of like fulfilling it um and what i absolutely love is just like how cheekily gimli sat on denethor's seat (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> he's just there, like smoking a pipe away, and like, yeah, just brilliant. And then we get um, Aragorn almost like facing Sauron into the Palantir as well, and like showing like you know the, you know, um, Arundel uh, Flame of the West as well. You know, just to almost like um, counteract like Arag- um you know, like Sauron's. Um, you know, like he's trying to call Sauron's bluff in a way of being yeah. like, you know, and then Sauron gets under his skin of showing like Arwen essentially dying, and he's just like, and then it just then cuts to them like leading to the Black Gate. Yeah. But then another thing that we get to see is the that is in the books is the um, the very beautiful um, like the 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 beautiful scenes between um, Eowyn and Faramir, or as I call them, Farrowin. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's dead cute because you know once you know, like, like I said, it happens in the books, but like it makes it adds more like understanding to like the coronation, obviously, which we'll get to in a mo. Yeah. But like 
to me, like when I watched it for the first time and, you know, this was before I'd like really started to appreciate the books even more so and, and whatnot. I was just like, huh, why are they together? And then it's like, well, actually, they, they spend a lot of time in the house of healing after like Aragorn helps them come back to health and everything. Um, you know, and that's why neither of them are, are there at the Battle of the Black Gate anyway. And that's where they develop their love story. And, you know, it's it's really lovely. Yeah, I was going to say that it's, it's two broken people that have like ended up falling. In, it's just, again, a kind of a love story in itself, really, between the two of them yeah. after everything they've both been through. It's... Um... Yeah, it, it makes sense. I, I, I don't have any, like, kind of any bad, not bad feelings, but you know what I mean, like, ill feelings no. towards that kind of, that, that <laughs> idea. But, like, it's, it makes sense. But it's like we touched upon there with, 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 with coming back to the battle and such, but there's there's honestly just so much emotion in every scene following the destruction of the ring, I, I personally yeah. feel. Like, right up to the to the very moment that Frodo destroys it between he and Sam, they know that they're going to, die up Mount Doom like pretty much there's no way out they've got lava surrounding them yeah. like they reminisce about so the true. Shire um, even the, the the fellowship on the ground think Frodo and Sam are going to be no more because following the destruction obviously and Sauron's mm. tower being destroyed and all the orcs and such going down their happiness turns to grief as even though they've won it's at the cost of their dear friends lives it's like yeah it, it's just too, it's just all too much but I also I love and I love the uh, decision to Jack for Jackson to do a uh, fade to black when Sam and Frodo have that embrace, almost like leading the audience to think they're like they're they're, they're just that's the die. end. That, yeah, that's yeah. it. I was like, what a dick! Like, <laughs> really obviously yeah. comes back up again and it's they're, they're getting saved. But we, we know that obviously yeah. the Eagles picked them up and there's there's all that. But um, mm. yeah, I'm not going to get into the whole stupid like, oh they should use the Eagles more, but whatever. Because yeah. just Directed to argue by that, Peter Jackson, yeah, like just to <laughs> argue that, like people need to remember that if the Eagles had have decided to fly all that way, they would have they'd just been shot down. You know what I mean? Like that, that's simple they would enough. Have been like, seen. That have been yeah. seen. This is it. So that's that's that theory gone to the to the pan yeah. to the pot, whatever. Could I do is... a bit of quick fire stuff yeah. for your for your listeners? Yeah. So um, it's just literally just the little bits of trivia that like I found as I was going on. So obviously going back to the mouth of Sauron, as you said, you know, big bloody teeth, and luckily it was just because they wanted it to look as grotesque as possible. So they like digitally resized them so it looked yeah. absolutely grim. Um, I love the decapitation and just Gimli's line of concludes negotiations, like just a brilliant <laughs> quip. It's like um, a Bond line, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and then obviously, like we said, the diversion works. Um, a very interesting one that I didn't actually know of until like I was doing more research, but the the speech from Aragorn um, that he actually, you know, that he does in front of like everybody before he like says for Frodo. Mm. Um, it actually reflects a, a very famous poem from like Norse mythology and whatnot. Um, like almost like, I don't know if it was like, you know, taken from true inspiration or if it's just like completely, um, you know, what's the word like coincidental or anything. But yeah. I just found that really interesting because of like, obviously Tolkien being a linguist and everything taken off, you know, like so much from loads of different mythologies, you know, to help with like scoping this. I just thought, what a lovely touch, like, you know, from the writers to, to either, you know, almost like intrinsically, like, add that in, or if it was, you know, like, researched and then they were like, oh, this is brilliant, we'll tweak it so it matches a bit more to Aragorn. Yeah. Just absolutely brilliant. Um, and then 
obviously the whole um can't believe i'm dying by you know by the side of an elf what about dying side by side as a friend and he's like i i could do that just absolutely lovely like little moment yeah. i love how even sauron in like just that crux before for frodo um you know like he's almost like being taken in aragorn's almost being pulled in by yeah he is yeah yeah and he's like yeah, yeah i just you know, just those little touches and whatnot. And then, like you said, the eagles coming in to help with, like, you know, keeping the, the Nazgul and the fell beasts, at, uh, um, at, like, you know, above, essentially, just to keep them out of the way. And I completely agree with you. And I think I said it in the first, like, in the first, um, like, time that we ever talked about Lord of the Rings is that, like, the eagles are not there as a taxi service. They no. are their own race of <laughs> they are. beings. Yeah, yeah. Leave exactly. them alone. They're, they're there to help Like when it's really pivotal. They are not a taxi service. Leave them be. And that's yeah. all I need to say on that. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like, um, and once again, didn't know this, but, like, the way that, like, the way that they like strategically made Baradur collapse and, like, oh, be yeah. destroyed. It's to do with 9 11, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, like that just shows that sensitivity of like um, of these creators being like, we've got to make sure that we are not upsetting people because, yeah, you know, we don't want it. You know, we don't want it to be allegory. We don't want it to to reflect anything that's happening in the real world. Um, and they even went down to the to the to changing like the sound of like the way that the that the building like smashes and gets destroyed like from stone to glass yeah which i yeah. thought was a really yeah. nice touch as well disintegrates as well from uh ground up rather than yes top down kind of thing so yeah exactly. but like you say it is good that they kind of took that special care with it yeah um and then i just love how um you know we just get like a, a almost like like a, a film sort of like wrap up of like all evil where they just all fall underneath like into yeah. the chasm it's like literally it was like jackson just like rubbing his hands you know like being like right goodbye orcs yeah that's it that's, <laughs> that's it done. off right. you go um yeah. absolutely found that hilarious and then yeah just like absolutely love like like you said just touching back on like that explosion of mount doom just changing that happiness of like yeah they've done it to like oh our friends are probably dead yeah it, <laughs> you know it's... just yeah it's just a stark contrast, isn't it? But we we do get the um, you know that that moment then afterwards where everyone reunites and it's all lovely and memes uh-huh. again probably and you can I think oh, you can watch like Gandalf laughing for about twenty well, no. minutes or something on <laughs> yeah. YouTube. So that that I do love the scene, but I, I I think for me like it's more so the coronation for Aragorn. Um, yeah. Again, the score, the imagery, the performance—it's all fantastic and. I I I I'm probably fleeting with through the coronation, but that that line obviously after after he's been reunited with with you know um, uh, Arwen, sorry, and you know the the fantastic line of my friends, you bow to no one, oh, and then God. you know yeah. proceeding to kneel himself with the rest of the kingdom in attendance, it's a wonderful moment, especially for a for a king as well, because like even though he has been crowned, he didn't get this point without any of the aid and help of the fellowship, so it's like again cementing what kind of king that Aragorn is, you know, he's, he's, he allies with everyone. It's not just one man. It's, 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 it's yeah. everyone together. And yeah, I think it just perfectly rounds up Aragorn's story. It's a, it's a, it's a great, um, yeah. Last kind of moment with him. Um, yeah, absolutely. Anything, anything you want to add to that before we do get to like the, 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 the literal last few minutes really, isn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, you've you've summed it up really well. Like this entire scene is just beautiful. Like you know, the way that Gandalf like obviously crowns him, yeah. like that beautiful song that Vigo sings, and mm. the way he kind of like walks through, like it, you know, like the whole sort of like the the attendees and whatnot, and then his embrace with Arwen is just like, it, you know, it's it, it took my breath away, like. Mm you know, the first time and it takes my breath away every time I see it because it's just like, he's just so in awe of her and yeah. just like that love, just like, and that reunion is just wonderful. And then you've got like Legolas in the background being like, yeah, boy, you know, just like, <laughs> you know it's just yeah. like, yes. Finally, um, like, yeah, yeah. It's, and uh... then what I absolutely love is that they, they hark back to using the map and panning over it to take us back to where we started back in Hobbiton. And I absolutely love that. It is just, it's just such a great use of like something that's so pivotal. Cause like, you know, like Tolkien was like so anal about his maps and like where everything was like in correlation to everything else. So it was just, yeah, stunning just to see that like pan and then that like beautiful transition back into like, you know, the, the four heroes just like plodding along on the little horses and, yeah. you know, see, seeing their old gaffer and just all winking at him and whatnot. Just, yeah, stunning. Well, it is wonderful, really, though, really isn't good. it? It's so wonderful to see the return of the Shire. Like, it's something that we'd not see. We, we've heard the, the the motifs from the score. We'd had people talk about mm. it, obviously, in, in these very emotional moments or whatever and harking back into their memories. But to see them there again was so nice. However, there is that feeling of, like, a stranger in a strange land kind of sense. You know, like, even though we, the audience, have this connection to the Shire that's been established from, from the start, mm. you know, from the Fellowship of the Ring. It just doesn't feel like things are the same anymore. And that is, of course, it is. A, it doesn't feel the same until they're having the drinks and then Sam gets up and goes straight over to Rose and before they know it, they're getting married and living happily ever. I, yes. I, I love that. But, like, Frodo, if anyone, captures this stranger in a strange land feel um, perfectly. And Elijah Wood's uh, a perfect performance from this. Like, him narrating and questioning like how can you pick up the parts of a past life and that there's no going mm. back um it's really strong and again it, 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 i get it because like even even though like even it's like with anything when when you it's almost like when you know when you move away from home and you go back home it doesn't yeah. it's your home but it doesn't feel the same you know what i mean it's like it just doesn't mm. doesn't work like that you can't emulate those previous feelings and i think for frodo it's it's even it's so far from that because he not only is um he no longer kind of feels that connection but he's given everything like like i said earlier he's physically and mentally given everything to destroy in that ring so yeah how can he go back um and uh just my last point on that is that i just love that he finishes bilbo's well finishes his story of bilbo's book aptly titling it the lord of the rings so i love that absolutely yeah it's so true and you know like you you have taken like that note like completely out of like my book um he, he, <laughs> sorry <laughs> no 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 not at all i'm just gonna like all i will add to it is that you know like elijah wood and how he portrays frodo in that like last bit like you said he really is out of place from that point you know like as soon as he gets back like you know the other the other three almost like settle back in quite nicely yeah, you know? yeah. from from the moment that sam gets up to go and speak to rosie they're all like, okay, like we've slipped immediately yeah. back into like, you know, cheeky hobbit and life. 
but even Frodo, like, although he looks happy for him, yeah, he, he's just he just can't. He just he's so disconnected from it Still. all. And you're absolutely right. And and yeah, Sam and Rosie, good on them both. Yeah, like, I, I'm happy for Sam as well. He, he, if anyone deserved a happy ending, it was bloody good old Samwise Gamgee because uh, absolutely he, he that the absolute ringer. Um, <laughs> but we then obviously the the final sequence of this film uh, it's a struggle for me this one and I, I don't I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to talk too much about it because I do find it quite emotional um uh, yeah just in terms of loss and such but this is yeah like it, it's the bit that really gets just it just I'm an emotional wreck uh, and it's just obviously <laughs> where the hobbits go with Bilbo to see him to the to the gray havens and such yeah. um the undying lands and that and I I, I really like I say it, it it's one of those where from a from an audience and a fan of the fam, a fan of this saga, it's not only saying um, goodbye to these to these characters um, in 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 this in this particular moment in this story, but it's mm. actually saying bye to the films themselves. And I think that yeah. I hear people. I'm not going to get into the argument of what's better, Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, because I, I have my opinion. People have their opinions. And that's absolutely fine. But I think the the way that the Lord of the Rings ends is far far superior on an emotional yeah. level. It's just um, not saying that Harry Potter's not, and I, I I don't mean to keep comparing the two. It's hard not to, but I'm just think I just think that for me I I now more than ever after as I say like like we spoke about losing parents and such. I always say that well I have said from from that happening that I always kind of that's how I view things is that mm. you know as Gandalf says that death is. Um, but like the start of a, of another journey kind of thing, and this is that for me. So it's it's a very emotional one, um, but a very very good ending to the film. Yeah, absolutely. And what I love is that even when we we know that this is about to happen, and like when they're in the um, in the, the the horse and cart, and Bilbo just has to ask, yeah, like after all this time, is like. Oh, do you know whatever happened to my old ring? And he's just like, and then Frodo's like, oh, sorry, Bilbo, I I seem to have uh, I seem to have dropped it at some point. And yeah. he's just like, he's like, oh, it's just like Bilbo. <laughs> do you understand what people have done for that ring? <laughs> oh, do you understand him. what how many people have died? Like, yeah. like sorry, mate, sorry, this like little piece of jewelry is no longer around for you. How dare you? <laughs> but yeah. You know, like I, I think you're absolutely right, and you know, I, I think this is something which is, you know, something that we share is we do see it in the very similar way where, you know, death isn't the the end; it is just um, another path that everybody must take. And mm. you know, it already feels like sad when Gandalf is leaving, and you know, says, yeah. you know, his his really prominent line, which I've already like said about, you know, um, I will say, do not weep, for all tears are not evil. But yep. then, as you say, as soon as he says it is time, Frodo, yeah, that's the, that's like almost like the, like the knife in the heart in a way, yeah. isn't it? And I think for everyone there as well, because you imagine as well as an actor, this would have been crushing to film, anyways, because you're saying, like I've said there, we're saying bye to these films. They're saying bye to like friends that they've like yeah. gained and they've been with for so much of like these last three years. They filmed it. Must have been. It, well, performance-wise, you're not gonna you're not gonna get any better than that, really, are you? From no. an emotional sense, anyways. I mean, typically, this scene wasn't actually shot that 
of course, far in. yeah, that they were like, yeah, obviously, yeah, with, yeah. you know, like with the way that they had to simultaneously do so many different things and like the, for the filming stuff. But um, interestingly, this scene had to be shot, had to be reshot, sorry, twice. Oh. So the first time they were shooting it, and you know, they'd gotten all into this serious emotion, like you know, crying, blubbering, you know, giving it their all in like this like moment. And then one of the costumers realizes that Sam has no waistcoat on. Oh, so God. then they're like, oh, right, okay, let's reset. Let's get everybody, like, in the proper costume. Um, and, like, the, the all f- just as a slight tangent, just to, like, add into this story and a bit of trivia, like, all four of, like, the actors were saying that they were really struggling at the end of this day um, because it was just so hard, like, yeah. to, to keep up that level of... It was already hard to do it once. Yeah. And then when they were doing it again... Um, they basically, um, you know, once again, kept themselves up in that, like, all in that emotion, kept it all going. They filmed it. Everybody's in the right costume. Brilliant. It's in the can. No, it's not. <laughs> um, it turns out that, one, it was all out of focus. Oh, God. Um, but also, um, it had white haze from um, the negatives being exposed to light too quickly. It wasn't exposed, like appropriately within a red room so like somebody had accidentally opened the can in broad daylight so it just destroyed like the any credibility of the yeah, using yeah. so they had to redo it a third time so it was like they all said that like yeah what you get on scene is like what you get as the final product is great but the the torture that they had to put themselves through to get there is they just felt it wasn't worth it i bet no yeah it's it's it must be must be so like kind of like again equally frustrating to to kind of keep up that emotional height all the way through for those solid yeah. takes. But they do a phenomenal job because you couldn't tell anything. You know what I mean? You would have thought no. it was all in the one take. And I'm not surprised to hear as well that they didn't film that last because I bet that would have been that would have been awful. <laughs> like, no. but, but interestingly, a <laughs> little bit of just like obviously like last bit of um, trivia like for like as soon as we're talking about last days of filming. Turns out that Elijah Wood's last day of filming was where he was actually writing in the book. Oh, so that okay. Was, um, so yeah, so like it wasn't that far off actually. No. But no. Um, they didn't obviously have anybody else on set. It was just him um, within that scene, and I think it was Peter Jackson that was actually reading in like all of um, all of like Sam's yeah. lines. You know, like oh, you did it, Mister Frodo, and stuff. Um, but what I what I absolutely love when I was reading up about that like years ago was that like Jackson was like, cause it was also like essentially the last scene to be ever shot for the film. Like obviously apart from the extended stuff <laughs> that he just had to keep on doing. Um, but like with the actors, he like Elijah would just keep on looking over at like Jackson and Jackson would be like, should we just do one more? And Elijah yeah. was like saying that, like you know, he just knew that like Peter just really didn't want the, yeah. the, the filming to end because he knew that as soon as he said that it's a wrap, that that was it, that that yeah. was that was the the final part of what would ever be seen, like done for the theatrical at least. You know, granted, yeah, he carried on with like extended stuff, but yeah. for just for the theatrical, that that was it. Yeah, and you know, like just to hear that is like. You know, it, it emotionally ties you even more to like the films. It was a passion project, wasn't it? It was like yeah. a, it, it was more than just a case of making films, and 
they created, like I said, some of the best. It is part of like the best like films in cinema history. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm in a way kind of glad that as much as I think The Rings of Power is just trash. Um, I'm glad that they've gone that approach and not tried rebooting it. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not saying that it'll never get remade or whatever, because I'm sure it will. I'm sure in about 20 years or so, some bugger will come across and try to remake it. But yeah. for now, I'm still glad that 20 years later, no one's touched it since. Yeah. Because um, it is just, a, they're, all, they're all perfect. They're just they're just wonderful films. And part, like I said, the the journey was just wonderful, like seeing these all come out and such. And, mm. you know, even like, you know, with Sam's last line and such, like the last line of the film is, again, the last line of the book as well, when he says, well, I'm yeah. back. Um, which <laughs> I, I wrote down an interesting piece of trivia that they were originally going to end with a voiceover again from Galadriel, from Kate Blanchett's Galadriel. Yeah. Um, like what, what happened in the first one, but it was going to be detailing the fate of the Fellowship of the Ring after the events of the movie. But um, I'm glad they didn't do that. I think that again, it's just it's just perfect. Just having Sam go into his house with Rosie and his kids. Obviously, his real life daughter as well was on set uh, for yeah. part of that as well. And just shutting that door and the familiar door that we're so familiar with, obviously the green door, obviously representing like Hobbiton and, and the Shire and such. Like, I think it's just a perfect ending. And again, uh, yeah, really, really bittersweet, as you say. And just the, the fantastic finale to a trilogy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, I can't add any more to that, man, because, you know, it's just, yeah, you've just summed it up brilliantly. Um it is just a flawless finish to such a, a reoccurring treat to watch. Yeah. And like I know you was touching on it about like before. And I will die on the hill that Lord of the Rings is better than Harry Potter. <laughs> I, don't get me wrong, I love no, Harry yeah. Potter just as much, but I do feel that like the films unfortunately the, the Harry Potter films didn't do the same justice to the books like how Peter Jackson did for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And that could be for a number of reasons. It could be, you know, like the the that changes budget, of... Yeah. Well, yeah, budget, changes of directors, you know, yeah. having different visions. Um, you know, and I agree that, like, the the translation from book to, um, to screen for that final scene with... in Harry Potter doesn't have the same doesn't hit no. in the same way as it does in this and no, definitely not and it's a shame because like i would say that the book ending of like you know where you see them all well when you hear that well God, you read see, see hear read <laughs> when <laughs> when you read that they're like you know now parents and you know the mm. the cycle begins that like you know they're taking their children yeah. to Hogwarts and they will have their own sort of ups and downs there that is so touching and then it just didn't have the same impact nah. you know and you know and your listeners may hate me for it and and you know what I hope that like us you know absolutely gushing over Lord of the Rings you know does like help us like not be too castrated over the Harry Potter I comments. was just gonna say that <laughs> I think that if anything like that were, they they could they'll feel the passion, man. They'll they'll get it, and yeah. people will love both. Who to be honest with you, I love having discussions about it. If I'm being honest, not not a heated one, but 
everyone's right with their opinions at the end of the day, aren't yeah. they? I just, I just personally feel like in terms of an emotional connection, because of the epic scale of these films, like I said, we, we get extended cuts of them, for Christ's sake, they're that long. Yeah. Um, it, it's just the perfect and fitting way to end, and a very emotional one. And I can't believe that after nearly two years, two and a bit years, we've yeah. finally, finally finished the trilogy, mate. How I've do you feel? <laughs> Bittersweet, man. Yeah, exactly the same as the films. Yeah. Bittersweet, but that's not to say that <laughs> that you'll never be on again. Because I'd like, I, I'm, I'm open now that we've done this and now we're saying goodbye. To, I'm open to an interesting potential revisit of the Hobbit eventually, not straight away, but I'd be more inclined because I think that would be that would be they'll be very different episodes if we ever did that. Maybe we should leave that to the listeners to decide because it'll be more so us talking about mm. the few things we did like and probably more so the things that were terrible terrible or that they got wrong. Unfortunately, yeah. And you know what? Like it's I think uh, a lot of the issues with the Hobbit is definitely more around like the the sort of foreshadowing that is like I would say is that starting to happen now where a lot of these big wigs that run yeah, the production companies mm-hmm. are having too much say over the creative freedom that like yep. is needed for like these films to exist. Yeah. And that's that's the real downside to the Hobbit trilogy. It should have it been is. two films. It should have been, yeah. And you know, at it that, should've really, been, let's be honest, yeah. that that too yeah. at yeah. that. Like <laughs> and it should have been Del Toro. Um, mm-hmm. but he felt the strain. He felt the strain from the production companies not listening to his vision and what he wanted to make. And I think that was the the, the nail in the coffin for that trilogy to be successful yeah. in the same way. It didn't need to be the same like no, epic scale, that Lord of the Rings yeah, is. No, and, it's mean, a that, kid's book. Yeah. I think that it would have been, I think Del Toro, I mean, his fingerprints are all over it, obviously. There are, like when you look at the, goblins that are in there and stuff you can tell they're like maybe well probably were designed by del toro in the hobbit and that but mm. i would have loved to have seen his take on like middle earth in a way like just 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 for some a bit of difference like it doesn't yeah kind of you know kind of keep it similar to what jackson did but you know it'd been nice to have another creative input but alas yeah it wasn't to be which is a shame but I, i'm open to the possibility at some point of us trying to go over them but there's no pressure with that because just getting lord of the rings done and disgust is something I've wanted to do. Well, we've wanted to do for ages. So it's just, yeah. it's mad. We've done it. It has been like a genuine pleasure. And like re-listening to um, the last two, like when I've been going back and forth to work and whatnot, has just been a treat because it got me so excited to to finally get round to doing this. And yeah, um, yeah like I, I just, I can't thank you enough for like, one coming to me and saying like would you be up for this and me almost like ripping off your metaphorical uh hands like from over the phone and being like absolutely yeah um you know it like i say it's just been ace and it's just been the the outlet for me to like just gush over something that has just has always been held so near and dear to my heart like since the, the first time I heard it was being made, then the first time watching it, and it never it never wavers. You know, no, the, the, 20, the twenty years later, it's still all there. All those emotions and feelings. Exactly. 
like probably like apart from like family and like extended family it's the longest relationship i've got <laughs> <laughs> oh mate that's 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 a, that's, a, that's a line to finish on mate i'm telling absolutely. you absolutely it's honestly been great it's such a pleasure having you on for these three episodes and I've loved it just as much as you have. Cheers, it's man. It's been great. And again, I really do appreciate the efforts and the research. And I mean, I say research, you know it all anyway. You've got it, <laughs> you've got it like installed into your microchip brain like Lord of the Rings. So I appreciate I all the little yeah. sprinkles of trivia. It's great, man. I was going to say, I don't hold on to much. You're like, you know, important dates, uh, you know, birthdays, people's names and my family. Like those things, like all seem to do, uh, to to diminish, <laughs> where <laughs> like the elves to the undying lands. Whereas, like all my trivia, yeah, it just stays there. Always has yeah. done. Always will. I'll probably be screaming it out, like when I'm in a retirement home when I'm like eighty. I'm like, <laughs> do you know about Vigo Mortensen? They're like, who is that? <laughs> However, let's finish on like um, as we have done for the last three favorite scenes and like uh, famous quotes from the film, man. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier as well. Um, I think that the, I think my um, favorite favorite, I think my favorite scenes in this uh, would be. Oh God, there's a few in there. I'm gonna have to narrow it down. I'm gonna probably say, I'm gonna say Shelob sequence. I think that that okay. is probably my favorite sequence of this because, as we've already touched upon, very horror esque. I love the color palette, and mm. I just think it's mm. a really really great moment for both. Frodo and Sam so um, I do like that um, like yeah uh, favourite favourite quote um, oh I don't know there's a few again I think um, <laughs> I'm gonna I think I'm just gonna stick with again a Frodo and Sam one but it's 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 what we spoke about it's, it's the bit where it's it's the whole sequence of Sam sat down talking to Frodo about the Shire at Mordor like at yeah just before I think all of that, like talking about the sky and such, but the the bit about oh, I can't carry it for you, Mr. Frodo, but I'll carry you. Like I just, it honestly, it sends like a different kind of shiver down my spine. So I think mm. it's, um, yeah, that they're mine. But what what about yourself, Paul? Um, so my favorite scene is, it's like you said, it's so hard to pinpoint, um, but for me, it's actually when um, the orcs are like, oh, here come the here come the pirates, late as usual. And then the three jump off the boat. Yeah. And, the, and then, what does he say? Um, There's plenty for both of us, lad. Let May the best dwarf win. Yeah. And then as they're running towards them, then there's then like the that, the re, there's that second reveal to yeah. like the orcs and just that, that side of the battle just like, coming over yeah yeah that is and, a good sequence man yeah I'll get and my face. and my favorite quote now i i had to really like narrow it down because i think there's like i don't in my like notes there's loads where like i've just written the actual quote put asterisks on the either side and then put lines around it being like yes that's it and there's like five or six of those <laughs> but the what but the one for me and obviously like i know i said about um the interaction between um, Gandalf and Pippin before, like, you know, when, you know, like Gandalf's just almost like trying to mm. calm Pippin and and yeah. install a bit of faith and everything um, as being like such a touching scene. But <clears throat> Ian McKellen just has this gravitas about him. And I know I'm like, what's the word like? wittering on and i apologize but i'm building up context but 
it's it's when he speaks and says less that really stand out for me. And that's why I've chosen this particular line. And it's where he obviously clubs Denethor like over the head and everything and just says, prepare for battle. Yeah. Because it is like, it is just so powerful. And it's literally three, it's three words. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a good so, moment though. It's, it's it's again. It's like one of those moments where you're like, yes, like come on, Gandalf, man. Exactly. Like, I, I it's love just, it. Yeah. It's just such a for me. It's such a perfect quote. To, it is like to, for me to like choose anyway. Mate, I love it. And again, I can't thank you enough for all the time and effort you put in. This is going to be crazy to edit. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually debating to do this in two parts. For being honest, because I can't see much neat. You know what I mean when you're like, I don't want to cut that. So we'll see. Fair. I've, got, I've well, got an idea, anyways. Worst case, it'll be two parts. So, well, I'm sure that your your audience and your wonderful listeners will either still really appreciate the the wonderful cutting down that you do, <laughs> like because you know we've like for you just as a bit of context for your audience uh we've been talking for well over three and a bit hours <laughs> well it's actually my recording is coming up to just under four hours so holy moly so like it's a long film man it's a long film it is um but and it but it's deserve it's deserved of like this kind of discussion and yeah. i just yeah either they'll they'll love like the the way that you've condensed it down in the same way that you did for the last two or they'll be even more thrilled to see that it's two parts. And <clears throat> I will leave that decision up to you, mate, because it's your show. <laughs> thank you, mate. But as always, uh, and again, I've probably said this about four or five times now, thank you ever so much for, for all your efforts and for joining to over the Lord of the Rings. Um, it's been great. Yeah, thank you so much, man. And listeners, thank you so much again for your support and for listening to this podcast. I really do appreciate it. Let us know your thoughts on Lord of the Rings. Are you big as nerdy as, as what we are about it? And again, let us know all your favourite scenes and quotes and all that jazz. But until the next episode, take care. <laughs>